with all the noise in the world? Do you hear the voice of God? Your calendar tells you what to do, but do you remember who you are? Being comes before doing. This is a call to put first things first. Return to the Lord with this daily pattern of prayer and devotion. Set aside this time as a sanctuary. Find a space free of distraction and follow this pattern. I'm Jeff Clater, here again with J.G. John Groff. We're in the sanctuary of Messiah Lutheran Church, Grand and Pestalozzi in South City, St. Louis, Missouri. It's Thursday. The focus is my neighbors. This winter on The Daily Pattern, we're in a series called One Word. Each day we'll take one word, a feeling or circumstance, and bring a word from God to it. Let the word of God speak to your life. Making the sign of the cross, I say, O God, I am marked by your name. May all who see me today know that you are my God and give glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite my Lord into this time and space. Jesus, you are the bread of life. I'm hungry for something more, but nothing else satisfies. I come to you empty and in need. Jesus, you said, whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Lord Jesus, all I want is you.
I come to my God humble and sober-minded as I confess my sin. My God, why am I jealous of others when they have what I want? I compare and compete. I treat friends as rivals, neighbors as competitors. I'm discontent with my lot in life and desiring of theirs. Free me from rampant selfishness. Forgive my jealous eyes. Inspire in me celebration for my brother and my sister. You have given me the best things in my life, and I want your best for my neighbor. No rivalry, no conceit, only love. Forgive me, Lord, and transform me. Our word today is from the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 24. Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Our meditation today is entitled Doubt, and it was written by Paul Clater. Thomas, that's probably the first name that comes to mind when you hear the word doubt. Thomas will be forever remembered as the disciple of Jesus who doubted. Absent that Easter evening when Jesus first appeared to the disciples behind locked doors, Thomas later required visible proof before he would believe that Jesus was alive. The next Sunday, he got what he asked for from his physically present Lord, along with the reprimand from John chapter 20, verse 27. Stop doubting and believe. Truth is, none of the other disciples did any better when it came to believing. Nobody is called doubting Peter, even though Jesus, after saving this bold walking on water and now fast-sinking disciple, scolded big shot Peter in Matthew chapter 14, verse 31. You of little faith, why do you doubt? And Luke records that when resurrected Jesus appeared that first Sunday night, sans Thomas, he said, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? In Luke 24, verse 38. And they were all looking right at him. Truth is, as a modern-day disciple of Jesus, I don't do any better when it comes to conquering doubt. With what I know about physics and the distribution of weight and its flotation on the surface of water, I'm more than doubtful that I'd be able to walk on water, even having a clear command from Jesus. And I've stood before enough caskets and seen what death can do to a human body to cause me, at times, to wonder if it's really true that the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring back everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. The truth is, my heart, especially on Easter Sunday, tells me one thing, but my mind, continually influenced by the devil, world, and flesh, is nudging me towards doubt. What am I to believe when prevailing scientific pronouncements contradict what I know and believe from God's word? What else makes sense when bad things happen indiscriminately and when prayers are met with silence? At least doubt is better than flat-out unbelief, right? Truth is, in this life, the certainty of faith will always be a process. It's a journey, not the destination. A walking along through the ups and downs of the occasional crisis of faith, doubts that result, confident of one thing, that Jesus walks with me and at times carries me. Fuel for the journey is the presence of Jesus. And the proof is the same that was given to Thomas, Peter, and the others. The physical touch of Jesus' body and blood, in bread and wine, and the opening of their minds as they could understand the scriptures, like we hear in Luke 24, verses 40 through 45. Truth is, I'm 
comforted in knowing that doubt is not an unforgivable sin. I share the struggle of faith with the disciples of Jesus of all times and places. Even when faith is small, doubt-filled, and low on fuel, I know the Lord hears and answers my prayer. The prayer of the Father who sought from Jesus healing his Son. A prayer we now share together. We pray, Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Amen. Lord Jesus, you have been the bread of life to me in my life. You have been nourishment. You have been sustenance for me. And now I pray that also for my neighbors. Lord, I pray that you would give daily bread to all those around me, for for my immediate geographical neighbors, those right next door, I pray, Lord. Lord, I pray for my community, my neighborhood, neighborhood association, my town, my city. Lord, I pray for neighbors who are hurting from broken families, from addiction, violence, abuse, poverty, sickness, injustice. Lord, I pray that you would give me the eyes of the Good Samaritan, not to walk on the other side of the road, but to see and to help my neighbor in need. Lord Jesus, you are the bread of life. And I pray that you too would be bread, sustenance, and life for all my neighbors. Help me to serve them this day. In Jesus' name, amen.